0: Hey, all you cool cats and kittens out there! It's your pal Delco, and today I will be the host for this episode of Granny Shot. We're here recording on a nice Thursday evening and want to start by apologizing to all the granny fannies who missed us last week. Just like real life grannies, we had some difficulties with technology. Last week, we recorded an entire episode where we broke down some of the trade deadline moves, but we were unable to get it recorded. And it was a special episode because my co-host for the day, Don, was actually hosting. So, last week, it was a hit for the Granny Fannies, but it was a really big hit for Team Don. But we're here today. We're going to cover some of the topics that we talked about last week. So, no harm, no foul. Don, thanks for joining me tonight. How's it going? I am, uh...
1: I'm coming back a little bit, you know. It it hurt. I got my whole pod organized with, with you and Ryan. Ryan's nowhere to be found tonight, but, uh... We miss him. He's in our hearts. But yeah, Team Don is. <laughs> Ryan's not dead, by the way. R. I. P. He's in our hearts. No, that Ryan's... we know of. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we honestly have no idea. But I'm doing good. I'm glad we get to actually cover the trade topics because it is really really important. And like Delco said, we did have those technical difficulties. Shout out Squadcast, making my life a living hell. But I'm glad we're here. You know, all I care about is pal time and basketball talk. So. Let's get to it. That's our first ever advertisement, Squadcast, Just talking about
0: how <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trash they are. <laughs> we will expect a check in the mail for that. So, today, we're going to obviously be talking about the trades. We're going to do a quicker trade recap than we did last week, which the granny fannies will probably appreciate. Um, we're also going to talk about Buyouts. We're going to talk about individual players who were bought out, where they went, what impact we think that might have on the season, as well as how we feel about buyouts in general. And before we kick into that, we're also going to talk about the KD and Michael Rappaport feud. It's going to be great to watch that PPV fight. And the Jazz fight that slammed into a pack of birds and, and the impact of that. Uh, but before we talk about any of that, We have to start, of course, as we do every week with the granny shot quiz question of the week. And this one's kind of tough. I'm not going to lie. One of the biggest NBA news stories before all the trade uh, trade deadline stuff hit and before the All-Star game was that six-time All-Star Blake Griffin and the Detroit Pistons had agreed to a buyout. The buyout was worth $13.3 million and it's the seventh largest buyout in NBA history. With that being said, the quiz question is name the top five biggest buyouts in NBA history. Name as many as you can, but I'll actually give full credit if you can name one because they're actually a lot more difficult than I thought before I researched this.
1: Yeah, that sounds that sounds really difficult. You have to three, three chances, maybe like an era of basketball, too.
0: Yeah, just just noodle on it and we'll see how it goes. Sounds good to me. But until then, let's let's kick it off. Don, let's start with the KD and Michael Rappaport feud. It has nothing to do really with the NBA, but it's kind of fucking hilarious. For those who don't know, KD had kind of a, a awkward interview with the TNT crew. I mean, we all know KD's a bitch, so it is to be expected. But I'll actually give him a pass. I, I watched the video and uh, Charles Barkley kind of weirdly worded the question where it kind of had to be yes or no. And you could tell that KD hadn't had his juice box or whatever today, so he just decided to give a, a yes answer and then just sit there with his hoodie up in silence. Uh, you know, it is what it is, poorly worded question, KD handled it like a bitch, he's soft. And then Michael Rappaport uh, tweeted him about it and basically just called him out for being a bitch. And KD proceeds to completely go off on on Michael Rappaport's DMs, just like hardcore, calling him out, calling his wife out, telling him he wants to fight and giving him the lo- location which would be absolutely hilarious to see. Essentially it was just Katie going in on Michael Rappaport and uh, Michael Rappaport you know, kind of has a questionable move here. He instead of like dealing with it, he takes a screenshot of everything that Katie says and tweets it out himself. So it just seems like there's no real winners here. It's just like Michael Rappaport desperately trying to get attention and KD just being his normal
1: self. That just reminds me of Khabib where he's like, send me location. Like <laughs> like Kevin Durant doesn't want that smoke. I mean, it's even it's Michael even, Rappaport. Yeah,
0: like.
1: <laughs> yeah, but even Michael Rappaport, like you don't want that smoke. KD can't, can't, can't handle any of that. I mean, dude is one of the softest guys in NBA history. Remember when he made that? He tweeted, "It was that that year they played the Warriors in the semi-conference finals." When he was on the Warriors, or when he no, when he started. no, when he played him on the Thunder, and he had okay. that huge when he dropped the bag. I still he tweeted, liked him at that point. Yeah, well, he was. Oh yeah, of course. When he was with the Thunder, Katie was the man. I mean, he had honor, or so we thought. <laughs> yeah, so we thought. Yeah, snakeskin, but he had tweeted out. He's like all these weak ass dudes like joining powerhouse teams. Remember that tweet <laughs> <Yeah>. he had? <laughs> it's like, right.
0: The absolute <laughs> nerve of this man to yeah. tweet out and talk shit about super teams and then lose to one of the greatest teams of all time in a, in a best of seven series in game seven, when they were up, up three, one, three, one against maybe the best team ever. Yeah. He says this tweet, he blows the lead and then he goes to the, oh man, that there's a few things in life i'll never recover from game of thrones season eight is one of them and <laughs> and kd just pulling the biggest bitch move ever and then like just to rub salt in the wound comes out with an article called the hardest road or some shit
1: like that <laughs> it's yeah like,
0: yeah what planet do you live on man
1: yeah I, I respect i give michael Rapport the uh the thumbs up on this one i mean kd if you're gonna call him out do it in public at least so like you know, if you if a famous person calls you out in DMs, and it might be over the line, like that person's gonna make it public. So that's just KD is now just dumb and soft. So
0: yeah, I'm gonna give KD as always two thumbs down, and Michael Rappaport a sideways a sideways thumb. It seems like kind of like a snitch, like Gladiator style. Like you yeah. just don't
1: know which way you're going yet. But
0: I do hope that they organize that PPV fight, I would absolutely pay to see that. KD's got the
1: reach, but he's just like so soft. I don't know if he can handle the pressure. I'm all about like the celebrity boxing matches. (laughs) I I find that stuff so awesome. Everyone wants it. The first rehash of celebrity deathmatch, but in real life. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The next topic, it's a good thing that KD was not on this plane because we know that he does not handle stressful situations well and This sounds like it was quite the stressful situation. The Utah Jazz on a flight, don't remember who they were playing, they're on a flight to an away game, take off, instantly within the first couple of minutes slam into a couple birds or a bird and the plane or the the plane on the engine catches fire and for like 10 or 15 minutes, the pilot doesn't say anything because they're trying to figure shit out so they they can clearly tell something's wrong with the engine the plane's leaning. Donovan Mitchell has come out in the past and said that he's afraid of flying. <laughs> so I'm guessing he was probably sobbing <laughs> for his life in this moment.
1: I definitely would be.
0: yeah Don, what would you do in this moment and have you ever been in a sketchy situation on a plane with turbulence or
1: anything? I used to be terrified of flying. I kind of still am. I'm not gonna lie. I've gotten better over the years as I've traveled a lot more and I feel like I hit waves of it in my life. It's never made sense to me. I mean, we're flying in a large metal aircraft, tens of thousands of feet above, above land. And yeah, it's just like, if I was in that situation, I would have probably had a panic attack or heart attack and I probably wouldn't ever fly again. I just, those are, I'm already worried about it when I was, when I was three years old and I grew up in Utah and kind of went back and forth between Charlotte I remember on a specific flight, we had to fly out there and I got on the phone via the flight attendant. I back, back in the day, I mean, this is the, the nineties, got on the phone, was talking to the pilot from the back of the plane and told him to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. He's like, right. Yeah. He's like, it's like, all right, I'll slow down for you. And then I just went back to my seat and freaked out. Stupid fucking kid. Yeah. And I had fun. I mean, fun fact, that was actually the last flight I went on until I was about, Twenty three years old, I we used to take train rides up to New York, like where most of my family's from. So, I'm a no go about the the flying, but like I had to. I lived in California, so i obviously I had to get used to it, and I'm I'm fine with it now. I think it was just like it's never made a lot of sense to me. So yeah, if if birds are crashing in to the plane jets, and yeah, I mean I'm calling it quits. I'm like you know that's I mean that's like that Tom Hanks movie Sully where they land in the Hudson. I, I when I saw that I was like. My palms were sweating. I was like, "No, nah, I'm I'm not about that at all." Yeah, I've become like a
0: born again Christian real fast.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's
0: it's funny. I my first flight ever actually was when I was 21 years old, and it was to go study abroad. So oh, wow. I had the flight from Charlotte to Philadelphia, and then Philadelphia. It was a you know quick layover, and then Philadelphia to England. And that was my first flight ever and I've just never, it's never really bothered me at all. I just knew how safe it was and it just like, for whatever reason, didn't bother me. When I was younger, roller coasters kind of bothered me but airplanes, not really. But you know what does bother me, especially since I moved to New York and I haven't driven in a few years? Driving, which never used to bother me now that I'm not in cars all the time it's like terrifying because it's just a bunch of like assholes reading books and like looking at their phones and picking their noses going like 80 miles per hour like glancing up at the highway every five minutes yeah it scares the that gives me panic attacks
1: yeah if you're not if you don't drive on the highway and you get on the high like very often or at all and you get on the highway it's i mean that's also terrifying you know, tons of metal flying at high speeds of rate and like people's decisions, whether they're drunk high or, <laughs> you know, getting a, getting some road heads I mean, you never know. You absolutely never or know.
0: Or all of those things.
1: Yeah. All at once. <laughs> yeah. I, I will see if, I mean, that's going to definitely impact. Wasn't, so I Don, believe Don, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell,
0: Mitchell that, right? missed the the game because he was dealing with personal issues, which I think we all know is him emotionally recovering from this. We'll see how it affects him in the future. My mind, I couldn't help but flashback to John Madden, who traveled around the United States covering NFL games. He was a coach and he only took the bus because he was so afraid of flying. And I'm very curious to see if, you know, Donovan Mitchell, someone talks to him and they're like, I know that was scary, but you're really safe and, you know, you're safer in a plane than you are in a car. Or if he goes the John Madden route and just like drives to Utah to every game, which is one thing in the NFL, but if you're doing it in the NBA, you're basically in a car twenty four seven so we'll we'll see how he reacts hopefully he can he can take some deep breaths and and move on with it because he's kind of hitting a peak in his career. but you never sometimes that shit can just like fuck someone up, you know
1: oh it's all it's all a mental game. I would definitely need a week at least I mean. He's probably having night tremors and stuff about that, as I would too. I mean, that's ter- that's terrifying, life-ending, out-of-your-control situation. Yeah, fucking birds, man. I've, I've always said,
0: who needs birds? Get rid of them all. Start but... the movement. <laughs> but anyways, uh, along to some more NBA-focused talk. Last week, we did go line-by-line line through all the trades, and some of them were quite boring. So this week, we're just going to go for some of the heavy hitters. We're going to start with the magic and all the trades that they did. So just really quickly, they started with the trade with the Bulls. The Bulls got Vucevic, Aminu, and they sent away Otto Porter Jr., um, Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks. And then they also had a trade with the Nuggets where they sent away Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark and received another Gary, Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick and then finally they had a trade with the Celtics where they sent away Fournier and they got back Teague who they've already waived and two second round picks. So, Don, high level thoughts on these trades. Who was the big winner of these trades? What do you think about what the Magic are doing here and what are your grades for each team?
1: Yeah, so a lot a lot to unwind there. Big picture, and a good thing we actually didn't let the other podcast last week go live is we've had a lot of time to digest this and at least see some of the fits on the new teams, which definitely helps instead of just first reactions. I would say, I think the magic are the big winners here, right? I I think they get actually a lot of value. I like RJ Hampton as a prospect, Gary Harris, low value stock that has a lot more upside. And then they get two firsts and two seconds, right? That's a lot to build a team around and they have some decent building blocks there. Johnny first actually three they got two from two from the Bulls and then one from the Nuggets oh wow yeah I mean that's so it's three first two seconds and RJ Hampton could be a starting point guard in the league I don't know about next year but he's a great talent and he has a lot he has some to prove but I just like the way the magic built out of that because Aaron Gordon I've never been big on Aaron Gordon at all I, I like Vucevic a lot I think he's a fantastic player and the Bulls reached to to make that pitch to Levine right that they want him to be there long term. So and then likewise, right, the Nuggets take in Aaron Gordon, who they feel is going to help them get closer to a championship. It just feels like the Nuggets were the I don't know. It feels like the Nuggets were just the the Wheeler and dealer. And they were able to abuse a lot of the trades and get back a lot of value because of the needs of the Nuggets and the Bulls. And even even Magic. Yeah, 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 exactly. The Magic were, yeah. And the Celtics as well. Like the Celtics needed help when that. They, they got Fournier, uh, Fournier.
0: So what are your grades for these teams? We'll start um, with the, the Bulls.
1: I uh, see. I like what the Bulls did because I feel like if, if the Bulls don't keep Zach Levine and like, they're just in a lot of trouble. They need to, they're kind of in the situation. A lot of other teams were in the past, like the low bottom feeders where they have a decent player, like the Hornets with Kemba, right? We had Kemba for so long. We kept trying to bring in these players to build around them, whether it was like ridiculous ones, like Lance Stevenson, Or Dwight Howard, like going way back, like when they actually had promise, like it's really sad to say, but we would we'd bring in these players in hopes that they would build around him. And none of those are obviously Vucevic. But again, like when you build around a superstar, you need to make sure that player produces or that superstar is going to walk just like Kemba did. And we love Kemba, but I like what the Bulls did. I think they had to do it. I'm going to give them a B minus. I'm not going to give it a B because I mean, it's just it's just Vucevic, right? So and Aminu, who is, you know. Yeah, I mean, Alfredo Rukamino is, 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 is what he is. He's what he is. Yeah, he is what he <laughs> is. He's like, he's like the mustard on on the side of a sandwich. He's like, I'm not going to use this, but, you know. But it could come in handy. Yeah, it could. You never know. Um, All right. So, yeah, B minus.
0: So Bulls B minus, Bulls B-, Magic?
1: Magic, I got to give him an A. I've just thought about it more and more, and I'm like, they have now some chance to rebuild, in my opinion, and which they obviously are going to do. I mean, their roster is atrocious, but... It's kind of fun when you have some nice draft picks coming up, some decent value draft picks. They have a lot of young guys. Um, yeah, so I'm giving them. I'm giving them an a. All right, and Nuggets. My gut immediately, without thinking, said C. You know, we have seen Aaron Gordon play, and he actually kind of looks pretty nice filling in that role. But I, I'm not buying it. I'm just not the a- Aaron just, Gordon
0: is all all sparkle and shine, but no substance when I watch yeah. him play.
1: And I feel like he tries to do much more than he's able to do with the ball. And that's never a player you want on your side. So I'm getting to see.
0: You can't help but feel like they would have been better off keeping Grant in that situation for a couple million
1: more. Oh, 100%. And, 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 and wait, keeping Grant, the keeping a
0: first round pick and Gary Harris and some of the other yeah. things they gave up.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what also doesn't make sense, right? Is You end up doing this. You let Grant walk last season. Grant is having a fantastic year with the with the, the godforsaken Pistons of all people. I mean, I feel I watch his, I look at his stat lines all the time, and I'm just like, I feel so bad for him. I mean, just like stuck in Detroit with that that clusterfuck. Then I look at his salary, and I'm like, maybe I don't feel so bad. Yeah.
0: All right. So Nuggets C, and then finally Celtics.
1: <laughs> well, given the first game that uh, Fournier had, I mean, like he, there was like 0 for five. <laughs> I'm not sure eight. if he's made a shot yet. Yeah, like no free throws made. Yeah, I mean it was it was like I think one of the worst opening performances of of any player ever. I mean it was really bad. So that kind of impacts my thoughts. But sample I, I size, my man. Sample I know, size. But I wasn't I wasn't wiggling about it to begin with. I, we talked about this in the podcast before and how I feel about the Celtics. They need depth. I feel like they they don't have it this year. I think they're just they're trying to make it work. It's like when it you know they're trying to fake it till they make it, but when the stakes are so high and the talent is so high, it gets really exposed. So I'm going to give them like a B B minus as well. I think B minus is because they had to make the move, right? They have to show their team and their community that, Hey, we're going to make a move because we know we're not good enough right now, but I just don't, I don't know. If Fournier is that guy.
0: Yeah. I, we're, we're shockingly similar here, Don. I, I give the bulls a B. I, I actually really like what they did. Don't really have any fault with with anything about it. I just don't think that the core of Levine and Vuce, Vucevic is going to cut it. It feels like they got two low-end second guys. You know what I mean? Like, I think either of those guys could be a low-end second guy on a championship roster. But together, I just don't see it. They'll be fun as shit to watch. They're super talented on offense. But they're, they're not a real threat to anybody. Magic, A. Love what they did. They knew they had to get rid of some of those guys. I thought that they maximized the value, got a lot of picks for the future, got some young talent. I don't particularly believe in any of them as major pieces necessarily, but I like the picks they got. And I like that they took swings on something new. Um, I don't really get what Cliff is doing with Wendell Carter Jr. Having him as a third string center, but you know, Cliff, Cliff does as Cliff does. So we'll see if he increases his minutes there. Uh, The nuggets, I give a C uh, basically everything that you said, Don. They probably should have stuck with Grant, Grant, and they ended up <laughs> Grant, and they ended up giving more away for a worse player. And then Celtics, I'm going to give a B plus because uh, two seconds for a solid NBA player on a win now team, I think is a is a good move, and and they still need to retool. They're not up there with the Nets or the Seventy Sixers or, or those squads right now, but. A lot can happen. They've had a lot of playoff experience. So, if they can get to the playoffs, it'll be good to to have Fournier even though he is known to choke a bit in the playoffs.
1: How interesting is it that the Bulls sold sold off already on Wendell Carter Jr.?
0: It's, it's interesting. Uh, I think it, they probably didn't see Wendell Carter Jr. ceiling as high as uh, Vucevic and the timeline didn't work out as well with Levine and I'm not ready to say that it was them totally giving up on Wendell Carter Jr. as much as they'd much rather have Vucevic, yeah, and, and build sense. off of that core in that timeline.
1: I wish the Celtics went after like I wish someone went after Thad Young. Yeah, he, no. he's 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 the perfect piece for a lot of these championship contending teams.
0: I've been saying that too, but I, I actually do like the fit of Thad uh, on this Bulls team now with Vucevic and, and Levine. I think they need a guy like that if they want to make any noise at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's just like you look at like someone like the Celtics and you're like, gosh, like you really could use a Thad Young on your team. Yeah, but, I'm,
0: I'm not sure if they could have made the money work, but I guess we'll never know. But uh, moving on, the next trade we're going to talk about was uh Norman Powell for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. This one was was pretty interesting at the time and been able to chew on it a little bit and it's still still not a hundred percent sure how I feel about it. But Don, what do you think? Uh who won the trade? Do you like the fits and what are the grades?
1: Yeah, this one was a little bit more heated uh last week when we had the conversation. Especially Ryan was was pretty big on Gary Clark Jr. and thought that the Raptors won- Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> What did I say? Gary great
0: Clark, Clark. <laughs> great musician. Man, if yeah. you haven't heard
1: of him, yeah, I was listening the other day. Yeah, great musician. Um, yeah, Ryan was big on Gary Trent Jr. and so am I. I. So I like Gary Trent Jr. I'll give my opinion. He's a nice three D guy, young, a lot of upside. Right, the money worked well. Norman Powell, though, I am, I'm a Norman Powell Dick rider, big believer. I, I said preseason that he was going to be the difference maker for the Raptors this year.
0: You've got a bag full of dicks that you're riding this year, Don.
1: <laughs> that is factual. Yeah, I do. Um, I love him on the Blazers. I think Norman Powell fits very, very well. He's good at defense. He's not an amazing defender. I actually think Garrett Trent jr. Is a better defender, but Norman Powell is right up there. And he's like, honestly, they're like equal in my opinion, but Norman Powell has way more offensive weapons gary trent jr i i keep wanting to say gary clark jr now i'm stuck on that um gary trent jr is fantastic three ball guy obviously uh and he's he can be a high volume scorer and shooter but gary Gary trent yeah i'm not sure i know
0: he dropped 31 a couple nights ago or last night with um the raptors but i don't see him as a high volume guy he's kind of one dimensional in his scoring i don't really see him as able to do
1: too much besides hit threes I agree. He'll just hit threes a lot, but I mean, there's multi, multi games where he's 15 plus points like during, during the season. And to me, that's a little bit more high volume scoring than a typical three and D guy, like a Danny green or like, usually they're like below 12. And for someone 15 plus, I think it's just a little bit more than you would expect. But I think the winner of the trade, in my opinion is the blazers. Cause everyone's healthy. Again, McCollum's back Nurkic is back and it's time to ride. I mean, they're my projected third seed in the West, now with the Lakers going down, with LeBron and AD going down, we'll see how far the Blazers can push it. I like it. I, again, I think their franchise needs the push. And Norman Powell is that weight that's going to tilt the scale in their favor, in my opinion. So the Raptors do get value. They get Norman Powell off the books, and he's going to want a massive contract. But I, I like it more for the Blazers. So the Blazers, I'm giving them B+. Plus. I'll give the Raptors a B minus. Probably a B. Like I think that's pretty fair.
0: Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with the uh the Norman Powell ready to get paid comment. That is a big reason why the Raptors did that trade. I, I was a little bit confused about it at first because I thought that both Norman Powell and Gary Trent were good culture fits on their respective teams and that they each brought specific set of skills that that team needed and I didn't necessarily like the fit as much after the swap but when you look at the contract details and I'm not going to get fully into them here but it was made kind of clear that the Raptors didn't expect to pay Norman Powell after and the contract situation with Gary Trent is a little bit more favorable and with that context it changed the way I looked at the trade a little bit and it makes me like it pretty equally for both teams actually so I'm going to give the Raptors a B here and the Blazers a B minus the blazers with a B minus purely because they're going to have to pay Norman Powell. And I'm not totally in love with a long-term trio of Dame CJ and Norman Powell is the main guys. I, I just don't love the idea of having to pay Norman Powell a lot of money. And I know that's what they're going to have to do. And so they, they got the, the bump down to a B minus, but I do respect going all in and I, you know, Norman Powell is definitely the better player uh, between the two. So
1: hopefully it works out for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, dude, how bad are the Raptors? They I, lost to the Detroit don't, the other They lost in the Detroit know, the other night.
0: I don't know. I've been defending the Raptors. I've been defending Nick Nurse as, you know, a top three coach in the league still. I've been defending all these guys. There's plenty of excuses that they have. You know, they've been playing in Tampa. They've been dealing with COVID and injuries, and they really haven't all been together now Lowry's out for a while I, I'm wondering if that has anything to do with not being traded but it's just you know th- they're still solid it still feels like they could pull it all together and make a run to you know the bottom half of the playoff seeds here and and you certainly don't want to be facing the Raptors in the first round right so we'll see but losing to that Detroit team is is definitely not a good look especially for a team that's fighting to even make the play in game so you know may, maybe the gary trent move they they took a knowing downgrade knowing that they'd rather be flexible next year than than have a better player this year
1: yeah i mean their their last two losses were to the pistons by 14 and yesterday they, they lost to the thunder by 10 yeah,
0: the Thunder without SGA, the Thunder who it seems like management is hoping they lose as much as possible, but those kids out there are refusing to, so respect to them. Speaking of the Thunder, the next trade, and we're not going to talk about the full trade because frankly, it's filled with a bunch of second round picks and, and worthless players like Austin Rivers, but George Hill to the Sixers. What do you think about that move? I know there's a lot of talk about Lowry going to the Sixers Ryan had mentioned in an earlier pod that he thought George Hill would be a great consolation prize. They got their consolation prize. Does this take them to the next level? Are they, are they real contenders now with that solid presence at point guard?
1: Well, you and me, you and me both know, and Ryan isn't here to defend his stance, but we both know it's all about injuries, right? We talked about Embiid's injury prevalence all season and how when he's on the court, looks like just a guy, if he lands just a little bit wrong, he's going to go down. So, I don't know if the the story for the 76ers will, will ever be about who are they bringing in unless it's a superstar, right? I feel like they can fill out that depth all they want. And I love that addition. Let me make that clear. I'm a big George Hill guy. I loved when he was on the Bucks. I thought the Bucs made a huge mistake getting rid of him. He led the league in three-point percentage. He's a nice veteran presence. And he had no business being on the Thunder. And when he had actually played for the Thunder before his injury... He was really, he was actually nice. He was solid. Um, he, yeah, he's solid. He's a very solid player, which is what you want on that team. It's a fantastic addition for the 76ers. I think he helps guide that team a lot. A team that is a little bit lost right now without Embiid relying a lot on Dwight Howard, who seems to get kicked out of every game he's in. But I don't know how much, right? It, it, like, it doesn't hurt them. It helps them. But how much does it help them? Uh, not that much, right? It's like the tiniest... It's like an inch. I don't see it making them any more impactful against the Nets. You know, again, like that's where you have to bring in a, another superstar. So that's unfortunately the way I have to measure the the success of that trade. I do like it.
0: You know, I know the the quote is for football, but sports sometimes are a game of inches and regular season, I don't see it making a huge impact. He'll certainly sit out a handful of games along with Embiid. But if they're all healthy in the playoffs you know the difference between George Hill and and some other schmuck coming off the bench in a in a stressful playoff situation is uh i mean we saw what rondo did for the lakers right just night and day in the the veteran calmness and knowing you know knowing how to stay calm knowing how to keep the ball moving knowing how to survive momentum swings something like that uh george hill can certainly bring so uh, it's a it's a great move for the Sixers. I actually have a bet that I made a couple of years ago that they wouldn't make the conference finals twice in a span of five years. I got three years in without them making the conference finals, and now I'm I'm legitimately nervous that they're gonna they're gonna uh, do it twice in a row. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, George Hill, very similar to uh, a guy just talked about Rondo, and Rondo was also traded to the Los Angeles Clippers for Lou Williams. And two second round picks really goes to show um, how much the Clippers valued Lou Williams So, they had to send two second round picks off with him. So Don, what are your thoughts? Does this change the Clippers' chances? How do you think the Hawks did? What's your
1: take? I am a big Lou Williams guy. I actually like him a lot. I like his. I like his. Funk. I'm. <laughs> I like everyone. Um, Been I think bad dick some...
0: for a while. As well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like a. He's like a 3 a.m. Like, fifth contact <laughs> down. Like, he's not, he's not first first up. Um, Wait, when
0: you texted me at 3.15 a.m.?
1: Yeah, you're like,
0: you're down there. <laughs> yeah,
1: I kept, kept getting ignored. Um, I like him on the Hawks. He's going back to Atlanta, a place he's played before. The Hawks are, again, that was a team we talked about a lot preseason. Dude, Lou Williams was, is not going to do a goddamn thing on the Hawks. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, the way there's a lot of players on that team that are not performing well and they're not living, you know, they're not producing the way the team should. And we, we thought they were a lock for playoffs preseason, like high seed, like pretty high seed, like five, six. I think you even said they'd be higher than that. If no,
0: I no. I, I called them out as uh seventh or eighth seed. If I'm not mistaken, we'll, we'll do a rehash of all that at the yeah. end of the year, but,
1: but you know, hold, but the, I think I, hold on, let me, let me just, let me just get this in. I think Lou Williams people sleep on because he just hasn't produced recently right it's more like a recency bias but the guy was six man of the year multiple years okay i think he he's done man if you
0: can't be six man if you can't produce on a team like the clippers you're not going to go to a team like the hawks and and change things up in my opinion and he certainly shouldn't be getting major minutes over someone like kevin huerter or uh, Bogdanovich or some of these other guys who can play a similar role but are bigger bodies and, and can bring a little bit more to the court as Dude, well. Dude, both
1: those guys are trash. They're they're both overpaid. Definitely well, better than one of will. them's dramatically overpaid trash. I, think I don't know if could get far. outside a five star restaurant. Which one, Bogdan?
0: Bogdanovich, and he's he's starting to turn it on a little bit. I I'm not fully selling on the Hawks just yet, but uh, Rondo to the Clips. I love that. Uh, That's
1: the win. Yeah, that's the easy win. He's
0: he's been playing terribly, but he can absolutely make a difference on a team like the Clippers. We saw what he did with the Lakers. I still believe that playoff Rondo is a thing, similar to the things I was saying about George Hill, except he's got even more experience being that veteran leader on a on a competitive Finals team. So that's something the Clips seem like they need right now. They they seem to be wavering a little bit. They lost to the. The Magic team we were just talking about, <laughs> yeah, they did. Man, that's like a YMCA roster out there. And yeah, Paul George was out. Sure, they're dealing with some, with some injuries, but kwai Leonard was out there. They should have never been in a position to lose that game. But personally, for that trade, I'm going to give the Clippers a B plus. um They got a, a nice veteran point guard to to help them in the playoffs, which it seems like they desperately need. The Hawks, I'm actually going to give an A because they took a low risk move in signing Rondo. Um, hoping that they'd be a little bit more competitive perhaps and he would, would maybe be a better fit that clearly didn't work out but they basically got two free second round picks for it so no harm no foul got some draft capital we'll see what happens with Lou Will I don't think he's going to make any kind of difference but I don't it doesn't seem to really affect what the Hawks are going to be doing this year one way or another and they got two second round picks out of it so
1: I'll actually give them an A for that it's better than I'll give uh, I'll give the Clippers a B plus I like Rondo. We used to have a saying, Rondo is irrelevant. And then he became very relevant. Five years ago, <laughs> yeah, he he's been relevant, relevant very ever quickly. Since. Yeah, I I mean, right, the Clippers needed something. I sold off on the Clippers months ago. It just, they didn't have that spark. There was, you, when you watch them play, it's really disgusting. Like, there's just like no spark or energy. There's not any happiness on the court. Whenever I see that, it's just like, okay, this team's not having a fun time, and they're probably not going to play the best of their ability. Hopefully, Rondo can ignite some energy to that team. I mean, now they have two very frisky point guards that they can bring in at any time. So uh, that's why. They needed to do it, right? So accordingly so, I'll give them that grade. And then the Hawks, Lemon Pepper Lou, you're sleeping on them. Give them a plus
0: Because of Lou Williams, not because of the
1: second-round picks? lou williams is a lifestyle you wouldn't you wouldn't understand but it's it's more than just a player on the court rondo for a lifestyle is a is a solid swap
0: all right and and hawks do they do they make the playoffs
1: oh man i don't know i mean is your projected number one draft pick ever going to produce
0: hey okongwu is a long-term pick i can't wait for (laughs) episode 700 of granny where i can be validated after
1: Okongwu is the finals mvp. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think they do. I mean like they might, right? Cuz the playoffs are a little bit weird. Uh I I don't know. I if I had to be, put a bet down, I'd say no, they don't.
0: And and you still have no faith in the Clippers. I I'm a little bit higher on the no, Clippers than than some of the other people I've spoken with. I uh this is kind of weird to say, but the west is kind of wide open now. You know, usually it's the east that's wide open and and now with LeBron out, uh you know, it just seems like the the west is there for the for the taking.
1: The East is better than the West.
0: That that very well could be, especially with with LeBron, the king of the league out. All right, the final trade we have for today, Victor Oladipo to the Heat for Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and a pick swap. What do you think, Don? I know you you're not a big Oladipo fan. Did the did
1: they do all right though? Olapupo. No. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I was I was the number one fangirl of the heat last year. I told you guys right in the There's beginning, another
0: 12 dicks right there. <laughs> Is anyone keeping a dick count this episode? Uh,
1: right in the beginning of the bubble, you could just, and that kind of contrasts to the Clippers I just talked about where first game the heat played against those Pacers. You were like, wow, this team has spark, right? They have energy that they're having fun. They have grit. Like those are the teams that make it far in the playoffs. And, I don't think Oladipo has that. And I'm sorry if there are some Oladipo fans out there. And Ryan is one of the biggest of all. But I just, I don't like the fit. I I worry that it's going to mess with the chemistry of the team. And getting rid of Ke- Kelly Olenek, a lot of people sleep on him. He was really nice for that team. And I thought, even though he he is Kelly Olenek, when you look at what he actually does on the court, it's very substantial. They did bring in Bielitsa who's going to help replace that Kelly Olenek role. And that's essential, right? That, in my opinion, was absolutely critical for them pursuing. I'm sure
0: that he right? had that in mind when they made that move, knowing that Olenek was on the way out.
1: Yeah, yeah, they yeah, they probably did. I just, I don't know. I don't think it makes them that much better. I like the old squad, and Oladipo is just not someone that gets me up in the morning, you know, pitching tents and stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not, That's not my vibe, so that's nah, it's it's just like it's What are the grades? I think the Rockets did well. I mean, the Rockets get a B plus, A minus. I mean, Olda Depot was not trying to be there what? whatsoever. What what are you Because they got a Lenik? Oladipo Olda Depot was walking at the end of the season anyway. Okay. So right. I mean, like you're either like with that player for the rest of the season and he's not doing anything and then he walks, or you can at least get something for him. It's yeah, like I mean B plus and over the pants over the pants handjobs better than nothing, right? Like <laughs> sometimes let's yeah, be, but I'm
0: <laughs> not, I've never given an over the pants handjob a B plus. You, you've given you've given plenty. Like you, you. B plus over the pants hand handjob. That's yeah. All right.
1: Again, it's, it's they're not getting anything. They're like they're like a horny middle schooler. Like anything, any contact's gonna make them happy. Right, so
0: like I think so. So I I think your rating system is like a horny middle schooler where if you finish it all, B plus automatically.
1: Why Why would they not get a high grade if Oladipo has already said he doesn't want to be there? He will not sign a long term contract. He's going to be open to anyone at the end of the season. Why would the Rockets not get a high grade for being able to move him when? I, the market clearly was it's, not there it's for
0: your it. grade i just think it's interesting that you gave some of the other earlier trades that you know from like what the magic had done you gave those trades b pluses and,
1: and i gave the magic an a where's ryan you don't even know
0: <laughs> i don't even know who ryan is i gave the magic an a for i ryan. think you mean carol i think we've met carol this whole time oh yeah we don't know ryan okay interesting so we can finally disagree heavily on a trade uh this is uh, much needed he'd get a c plus Okay, I'm going to give the Heat an A because I also like Kelly Olenek, but I think Bialika can replace that role fairly well, so they essentially just got a free rental on Oladipo. Worst case scenario, that contract expires and they move on and they're the Miami Heat with a shitload of uh, uh, cap space and they can figure out another great player to come. Best case scenario, Depot turns into Depot. I mean, he, it's not like Depot was, was playing poorly this year, right? With the Pacers, he was playing well when he was out there. It seems like he can still be a great player, especially when he's not the only player, right, who can score. You're, you've got Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, who's really upped his offensive game, as well as uh, two offensive stars in Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow. Uh, you know, offensive stars might be a strong word, but strong offensive players. And so now Depot is in a position where the pressure isn't on, on him on the offense. And I never hated his attitude. I'm not really sure where that comes from. He's probably not been thrilled with the situations he's been in in the past. But when he's bought in, he's kind of shown himself to be, you know, a fan favorite, a hard worker, you know, solid defender, hustle defender. So this could be a really good fit. I'm going to give the Heat an A, whether it works out or not. I love that they took the risk. And I'm going to give the Rockets an F because I'm going to include the context of the Harden trade. They swapped Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo and didn't do any due diligence because they offered Depot the most that they could possibly pay him and he turned it down, which means none of these dumb fuckers had a conversation with Oladipo. Like, hey, if we trade for you, do you have interest in being part of our rebuilding process, anything like that? And so they essentially gave Karis Levert away. It seems to me that this is... The, the GM of this team is like a nine-year-old on 2K GM manager mode, just making moves at random, having no idea what they're doing. To be fair, Harden put them in a tough situation, basically quitting on that team. But we're, we're a long way away from where we were in the beginning of the season with John Wall, James Harden, DeMarcus Cousins, PJ Tucker, right? A lot of us thought they were going to make the playoffs, and now all those players are gone, and... They don't really have much to show for it, so just because they fucked up this whole thing, I'm just gonna give them an F because fuck
1: them, <laughs> they're they're screwed. Yeah, they definitely they got screwed over. I mean, Harden screwed him over. Yeah, that that was a really as you said, that's a tough situation to be in. And it, I don't hate Oladipo's attitude. There's two things about Oladipo: one, injury history. I rarely trust guys who have injuries like that coming back, and I don't know if he's the type of player that can push through it. I mean, he's shown already in the past a lot of mental hesitation coming back early and about that injury. I've watched interviews about him. I mean, there's a big mental case that happened. Yeah, the, but where, sit him out. I mean, there's a sit him out. Have him
0: play once a week until the playoffs. Who cares?
1: Number two he's a high volume shooter that that goes back. You sit him out. You can sit him out. But if he's not shooting well, he has no purpose on the floor. And I, I'm just not a big high volume shooter guy. Unless your name's Bradley Bill. I don't want you on my team like i just i think the heat are already very efficient they play well and again that's where we talked about in previous episodes can Depot come in and fill that role and change his game right he has to adapt his game to the to a different I team i have faith
0: that he will he's going to come in and and be ready to work he, he's not dumb he understands the context of this miami heat team what they did last year he understands jimmy butler's role as a leader Jimmy Butler isn't going to let him become a volume shooter on that. Te- you know, this team made the finals last year. You think Jimmy Butler is going to stand around and watch Oladipo jack up thirty shots a game? Absolutely not. So I I see the fit working, and e- even if it doesn't, again, it, it seems like a low risk, high reward. So good good for the Heat. I wish I wish the Hornets. You know, my squad would would take more risks like that that, that could potentially pay off big. All right, I think that about does it for the the trade recaps. Um, moving on to buyouts. So, I'm just going to quickly read off the the major buyout moves that I think are most relevant. Don, I want you to tell me which of these, if any, you see really moving the needle for their new team. So, first is Blake Griffin. This was before, th- this was early on. Um, he was bought out by the Pistons, as I said in the trivia question, seventh highest buyout amount of all time, signed with the Brooklyn Nets. LaMarcus Aldridge, bought out by the San Antonio Spurs, signed with, shocker, the Brooklyn Nets. Andre Drummond, that's been an interesting saga. Draymond Green, talk about how unfair Andre Drummond was treated and now he's got a sack full of cash and a brand new contract on a championship contending team. So, tiny violin for Andre Drummond, um, bought out by the Cavs, signed with the Lakers. Giorgi Dang, Giorgi Dieng. There's a proper way to say it. I'm not sure if I am doing it. Was bought out by the Grizzlies, signed with the Spurs. And Jeff Teague, released by the Magic after that trade, and is now signing with the Milwaukee Bucks. Don, do you think any of these make a real difference? What are your your high-level thoughts? Not on each of them, but just, um, you know, what stands out to you when I read through that list?
1: (laughs) What stood out was how sad my lower regions became when you said Jeff Teague. To the box <laughs> <laughs> that's like oh that's just... one of the
0: few dicks in the nba that don has not been writing
1: <laughs> it's just so soft i mean the first you gotta just think about the uh the nets right the brooklyn nets signing the old veterans i mean they're all of them on that squad now those guys they just signed are like one bad day from a broken career right like a shattered acl I mean, it
0: was like two years ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, like they're former all-stars, right? They bring a lot of veteran leadership. They also bring a lot of injury history. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of memes going around about Blake Griffin, like alley-ooping and dunking now (laughs) on the Brooklyn Nets and the Pistons fans are like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) He's doing like backflips and shit. Um, There's more
0: gravity in Detroit.
1: Everyone knows that. There must be. So I think the biggest thing is the Nets add two veterans. I mean, now they have a ridiculous starting lineup. If they were to stay healthy, I like what the Spurs did with Yang. Purtle airballed two free throws the other night back to back. And I like Purtle from a shot blocking perspective. But I think Yang just hasn't gotten a lot of minutes in the NBA. And he has a lot to work on. But he's a nice he's a younger prospect, too. No, Um,
0: no, man. D'Ang is is past 30. He's one of those guys that sneaks up on you. I know Ryan hates on Nance for never breaking out and that's D'Ang for me. I always loved D'Ang and his potential. I thought he was a solid guy who never got enough time but he is not a young prospect. He is on the back end of his career at this point. That being said, I, I still agree with, with what you're saying. I do like the fit with the Spurs, and I'm hoping he gets the chance that he he never got with the T-Wolves or the Grizzlies or, or elsewhere, but certainly not a, a young prospect.
1: Yeah, he is. You know, he's 31. Um, Delco, if I'm not mistaken, you're getting close to that as well. So <laughs> age is relative. Age is do just a number. Do you consider yourself young, Delco?
0: I consider myself well past my NBA prime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He is young in my heart and he's gonna he's gonna do well. He's gonna do big things. This is this is his time. But yeah, I mean those are just oh, I'm sorry. I like keep I was like, I know I'm missing someone, which is the actual person I wanted to talk about, which is Drummond. Right. That's that's gotta be the, the biggest news of all. The Lakers get Andre Drummond. If they get healthy, it's it's wraps, right? I mean that's that a, that's a big
0: if lebron there's a lot of question or questions around when when he'll return and they're really not much of a team uh, without him they, they've been treading water for sure but you have to wonder how long that could last and the andre drummond the elusive, is it, it's the my favorite toenail thing. the elusive yeah lesson one for nba players cut your fucking toenails andre drummond first game back for the lakers loses a toenail because he didn't cut him that's foul but <laughs> that's that's my favorite signing too, not because I think Andre Drummond is a great player, but because he is in his athletic prime. There are certain things that he can do at an elite level and all the boneheaded shit that he pulls, um, you know, that he did with Detroit or maybe with the Cavs to a lesser extent. LeBron's not going to let that fly. We saw how LeBron was able to contain Dwight to a certain level and Andre is just a much, much better Dwight at least compared to what Dwight was last year so this is one of those bullshit things where the bought out player is going to come in and uh, although maybe it's not fair to Andre because the Cavs you know did sit him and it's not like he was holding out or anything but he's going to come in and work his ass off and be become this you know massive piece for a a contending team with Blake and and Lamarcus obviously you know it's better than not having them I don't love it, but what I really don't love is kind of this general idea around buyouts and especially the way that like Blake Griffin was framing it. He tweeted out, oh, everyone says I'm trash until I signed with the Nets and now it's like collusion and unfair. (laughs) Haha, which one is it? Blake, don't be a dumbass. People said that you you were trash when you had a $30 million contract on a shitty team and you weren't doing anything with it and you were sitting out all the time and the expectations are higher when you're an all, you know, NBA, all-star level player making $30 million. When you're making the vet men, you're no longer considered trash, you're considered a great fucking deal. And Don, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Buyouts in general, there's... A lot of concern, especially from the smaller market GMs and I think from from smaller market fans as well that it's kind of bullshit that these players who are making so much money and are considered bad cat moves can just be completely bought out and then just go sign for another team for the minimum. It's basically a free piece to add to a contending team. It's It's not really good business. It's not good management it's nothing but a a matter of you know market draws and you know i i understand that that happens in free agency too but you actually have to sign the deal and that that's just totally different to me than than a buyout and joining some contender midseason i'm i'm not a fan of it what do you think
1: yeah it's hard to be a fan of it i mean unless you're a, a top 4 organization that is able to capitalize on these things but we better be careful cuz draymond green's going to get on the news and say that we're we're getting ridiculous about these NBA players and their permissions and their lives
0: I yeah mean, they have it hard you know, for sure
1: they, they have it really hard I mean Blake Griffin, all that man all that money and then moving to an awesome city and playing for one of the best teams in the league that sounds terrible um but right but it's just it, it's definitely something that the commissioner and the league have to look at because it's ridiculous that that can happen. And it, what it will end up doing is not only do we have the creation of these super teams, you know, it's been happening for a while, but it really got escalated with the Le- LeBron going to Miami and having those big three there. And it's really waterfalled. And now with the, the buyout situation, and not only can you have super teams, but you can add on to those super teams. If someone had said three years ago. In the future, you're going to have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Blake Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge on the same team. People will look at you like you're absolutely crazy, right? Like this is just a a whole new world we're living in. And Blake Griffin, dude, needs to shut up. He hasn't done anything in two years. Two full NBA seasons, he hasn't done a single thing. And he's making all that money. So it's like he has no room to talk. I mean, If you don't do anything in your job, you're going to get fired. Like these NBA players, I'm just sick of hearing. But that, that's facts. the
0: thing is that they're not even fired. They're given a huge bag of cash and then they're able yeah. to go. And because they've already been paid, they're able to play at a major discount for a large market team that's already competing. It just, it, it feels like it kills the league a little bit. And I'm not one of those people who, you know, has a real gripe with large market teams having an advantage. You know, that is what it is. People are going to want to live in, you know, major high market cities. That's just a part of the game. It's fine. As a small market fan, even though I do live in Brooklyn, as a small market fan, I appreciate being the underdog and taking the actual hardest route. Uh, KD, take notes for what that means. But when you add in the buyout aspect of it, then that's just taking it to a completely different level. Right now, if you're a fringe, older, all-star level guy, you can really just phone it in like what James Harden did and be bought out and go play wherever you want and then that way you get your money and you get your way and you know I'm, I'm all about power to the players but I'm not about you know full control they get to do whatever the fuck they want and be you know millionaires you know you're 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 professional and you have one of the best jobs in the world and you have a you know a great players union you have a league that respects you and gives you a platform I don't want to see it turn into a bunch of entitled assholes like what what James Harden did was absolutely despicable. And I I hate that the media moved on so quickly from it. He just completely gave up on that team on all the guys in that locker room um, to to get his way. And I I would
1: certainly be afraid to, to see that moving forward. Well, it's one of the last comments I'll make on it is I think it's it's circulating the conversation of the NBA today, which is loyalty is dead. And that's one of the biggest things in sports that we love as fans, whether you're large market or small market, is loyalty. Loyalty to a a cause, a team, a fan base. And we don't see that a lot because all these players are so damn selfish. And that's why I I talk about Giannis a lot. Yeah, Giannis is the man. He's the man. He's I mean, talk about the Milwaukee Bucks signing these huge contracts and staying with them and believing in them, and he's doing it for the people Um, and it's just, it's, that's, you know, it's another reason to like him besides the fact that he's an athletic freak and he's, he's great, but you just don't see a lot. And that's something I miss a lot in sports. Like I miss it a lot. And it's not only in the NBA, it permeates into the NFL as well. And the MLB, I don't even watch baseball no one should watch baseball, but, uh, I know it happens, right? There's no loyalty to an organization anymore. And I just miss it. And we're never I don't think we're ever gonna see it again unless the NBA implements some type of rule that restricts these power teams. I, I don't I don't see the right. way we, we see it. And you, you can't force loyalty,
0: obviously, and you can't expect every player to be loyal to the team that he was drafted on. I mean some organizations are just shit and you can kind of respect a player not wanting to play for it, but the league does need to ask itself, you know, do we want to the NBA to be a league where it's the same four or five teams year after year after year? Um, or do we want parity? Not saying one is right or wrong, but it's it's a question they're going to have to ask themselves because it's very clearly trending that way. So I think we covered buyouts uh, pretty thoroughly there. Just before we uh, take a quick break here, just to keep an eye out on some other veterans who could be candidates to be uh, bought out or released. Avery Bradley um, is an interesting buyout candidate. Corey Joseph. Otto Porter, who I still... I still do like he's with the Magic and that's not the fit that he needs. Um, and then Hassan Whiteside on the Kings, someone who's also not very good at basketball but could certainly play a, a role for a specific team like what Drummond is is doing with the Lakers. Um, I love the idea of someone like Otto Porter going to the Celtics on a vet minimum contract. I know I just talked about major cities and, and buyouts and all that bullshit, but I think he could be a nice, uh, nice piece for them this year to see what he can do. But we're going to take a real quick break, and then we'll get to the quiz question. Shot. All right, we're back, and we're going to get right into the granny quiz question of the week. Are you ready, Don? I have never been less ready for a quiz question in my Perfect. Life. I got you right where I want you. So, to reiterate one of the biggest NBA news stories, Blake Griffin getting bought out for the seventh largest amount in NBA history. And what I want you to do, Don, is name one or as many as you can of the top 5 biggest buyouts in NBA history. Do you have any any ideas at all? You look pretty frightened.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big buyout guy. It's just not something I I keep track of personally. Um I have a list of buyouts framed above my bed. That ma- that makes <laughs> a lot more sense now jeez oh, I feel like Nikki a couple episodes ago <laughs> well,
0: you gotta you can't forego it man. it's uh, only me on this episode yeah.
1: I you see like I don't David West the biggest buyout see he didn't even have a big buyout he was just a vet man kind of guy give me like give me something here <laughs>
0: All right, all right, all right. Blake Griffin. Um,
1: How about
0: that? He, As I set up the question, I let you know that he was the seventh largest in NBA (laughs) history. I listen to you. But that's a great, great guess, though. (laughs) Could have been a trick question, so way to think outside the box. I'll give you a couple hints here. Just float out some hints. You have a point guard who won an NBA title, who won multiple NBA titles. Uh, You have another point guard who was at the time one of the best point guards to not
1: win a title oh Jeez, louise i don't I'm, fuck I'm, around I, I don't i'm assuming I don't... this is like a point guard who's won multiple titles like more than four <laughs> yeah this is a hard question don he's won more than four titles yes do you play for the lakers yes okay <laughs> that's one
0: Derek Fisher is the third highest buyout in NBA history.
1: What did he Do you know what he got bought out for?
0: He was actually bought out by Utah. This is one of the only ones that wasn't due to a bad relationship with the team and the player. It was actually something with a medical condition that Derek Fisher's daughter had. And the only doctor that could really help was in LA. Or, you know, so he says. <laughs> and so the Jazz bought him out for 21 million dollars and he went wow. back and played with the lakers
1: now that's a classy organization right there
0: yeah no absolutely and hey okay look, so look where they are now number one in the west so
1: okay guess so get I you somewhere desperately needed help with that question what uh okay so, so I, I need i, need I to hear, don't think you're gonna to get any teams.
0: of these other ones so i'm gonna go ahead no and hell them. no yeah so yeah. number five is the one i thought you might get darren williams 16 million dollars He was obviously a huge bust for the the Nets, a part of many busts that they had um, with some of those trades that they did to try to be competitive. Sean Kemp, number four, at $19 million, apparently apparently going through like a huge alcohol and cocaine binge and checked himself into rehab and got bought out. Um, Derek Fisher, number three. Number two, this was a bit of a blast to the past for me, Larry Saunders. Interesting name, he seemed to have a lot of potential as a younger center in the league years ago, was bought out for $22 million and I haven't checked in on the guy, I hope he's doing okay, but he was apparently dealing with some mental health struggles and decided that the NBA, he just couldn't keep up with the pace of the NBA. Um, And then number one is Brian Williams, who won a title with Michael Jordan. I think he won the last title with Michael Jordan, bought out for $32 million and read up a little bit on this motherfucker he was 30 years old so kind of like hitting the prime end of his prime type situation and it seems like he was basically just like i don't really want to fucking play i'm i'm done and got a 32 million dollar bag and peaced out so back in the 90s too back in the 90s yeah that's insane so hats off to you brian williams you are kind of a piece of shit, but I also am jealous and respect. Yeah, respect. He's a hustle. He's on an island somewhere. Yeah, you know, like when the pen went to that paper, he was just smiling to himself, like I'm not gonna fucking play for that long. So yeah, th- that's it. And I, I don't know. I, I'll give you half a point there, Don. But you're you're so far ahead of me that I can't really talk shit. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. you don't get to you don't get to lose a point this week. I, I get a point for coming up with such a great question.
0: But that's it for today's episode, Don. we We made it all the way through. It was a good time. Thanks everyone for listening. Give us a follow on Twitter at uh Instagram at GrannyShotNBA, or send us an email at granny at gmail dot com. Love getting those uh, those fan emails. Thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Granny Shot.